Money, a podcast network that understands the assignment. The Alive Podcast Network has launched the world's first content distribution app tailored by and for podcasters and listeners of color. Subscribers will enjoy a wide variety of shows ranging from spiritual to comedic to inspirational. Podcasters can house their content and merch in one spot and monetize from a central location. Visit AlivePodcastNetwork.com coming soon to iOS and Android. Sign up today to get a six-month subscription for $20. You can thank me later. You're about to listen to youth produce content from Listen Up Youth Radio. Listen Up is a Twin City social enterprise working at the intersection of youth employment, leadership, and media production. You're listening to Youth Soup, the podcast that adds some youth to your soup. That was so good. Yay. Welcome to episode two of Youth Soup. Um, This episode is about um, how our identities have changed over time and how they will inevitably continue changing. Um, Yeah, we can uh, do a little bit of an introduction just because of this specific topic. We want, I guess, listeners to be, you know, a little bit more aware of who we are. And Mm -hmm. yeah, and it's a smaller group today, Mm -hmm. just three of us, so. It'll be a little bit, yeah. Do you want me to go? Or I, I can start. Okay. Um, I'm Rena. I um, am a white, trans, queer, uh, very messy person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Um, I'm JC. I am... Uh, even see just introductions it's, like yeah. it gets me thinking okay what parts of my identity are like yeah. at the front most of yeah. who I am um, so I guess okay I'm I'm JC I am a Latinx individual um, who is brown like I'm not white looking to others um, I'm able-bodied I'm queer. Um, um, I'm short. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you are. I I can't deny that fact. Um, I'm young. Ageism is real. (laughs) Hey, hey now. Um, Yeah, that's that's how I am. I'm Gloria. Um, I am a very tall um, African-American girl. Uh, I center a lot with my Christianity. Um, I don't really talk about it like a lot, but like I have a very strong relationship with God. Um, yeah, um, what else? <laughs> I am kind of basically all the characteristics of Megan D. Stallion. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's like um, the best way to describe it. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically that. Mm-hmm. Um, what JC, what you said, like literally the first thing you said about like what uh, what's on the forefront of it, like, and that's something that 
um, in preparation for this, I was thinking a lot about, um, and for the intersectionality episode, mm-hmm. um, about, um, like, what identity of mine is, like, at the forefront of, like, interactions with people and how people see me, mm-hmm. and, like, how, like, oftentimes my, like, my whiteness is, I mean, my whiteness is the at the forefront of how I move through the world because it allows me a lot of my privilege, um, and... Um, I think even how I like naturally like instinctively would introduce myself white is first because that's like the 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 identity of mine that like I don't know it influences how I move through the world the most Mm -hmm. so I think that's just something I've been thinking about yeah yeah I was gonna say oh yeah I know I don't know I think because of the environments that I've been raised in, um, I think race and ethnicity is like the largest, or like when I introduce myself, I'm like, that is the one identifier that like I need. That's how others see me. And based on my experiences in the world, like, yeah, I can't deny that fact. But I think also um, another like part of my identity is just like, I myself am not, um, like, I'm a U.S. citizen, but because a lot of my family isn't, and I've, like, seen, I've, like, had to adopt their lifestyle as, like, non-citizens, as undocumented individuals, like, having to hide and, like, make ourselves smaller in the world. So, like, there's also that experience that I think feeds a lot into who I am now. yeah so that's an identity i usually don't bring up but it's real yeah so how my identity have changed over time yeah so you know ever since when i was like younger like when i was like a really young girl um i never really knew about like the things that like a lot of African Americans go through in society, I feel like I don't think I was like sheltered from it. I was just very much like unaware. And, you know, living in like in my early years of growing up in like a predominantly like white area, um, I've like kind of like suppressed my blackness in order to like you know like fit in um growing up I've kind of like struggled with like my you know African roots and stuff like that because you know people from a lot of like people they don't really want to like like kind of like acknowledge their descent and like where like they're from and things like that you know like a lot especially like with like a lot of like the black people in Minnesota like but I feel like if I was like Jamaican or like Puerto Rican like everyone would love it (laughs) but (laughs) but you know um I'm kind of like steering away from like the goal pull here but um basically what I'm trying to say is that like you know I never really like had the chance to like express like my roots and stuff like that because like I said that was kind of like looked down upon you know like oh like Africa is this like 
you know, poor country, like, everyone's getting AIDS and blah, 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 and, you know, and being, you know, around, like, a lot of kids who, like, did not look like me at all, I've, like, I've totally, like, adapted to, like, a whole different, like, identity that, like, isn't even me, you know? Mm-hmm. I was, like, acting as if, like, how can I say this? Let's, we're gonna cut this out of me, like, stammering, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just wasn't, like, being myself, basically. I wasn't, like, being genuine with myself, but, you know, as I grow up and I'm living in Eastside St. Paul, um, and, and I'm, like, acquainting, like, a lot of, like, new people and I'm making new friends and stuff, I've, like, really like come into terms with like my roots and like who I am as like a African-American girl you know walking through society in America like I've never had like when I was younger like I I never had like an African friend or like a person of like African descent ever but the more that like I meet other people you know like of different like backgrounds and races but like specifically like you know, other African people, I start to, like, appreciate, like, my identity and, like, who I am as, like, an African-American, and it just, like, confirms me that, like, like, there's a lot to celebrate about, like, my roots and, like, who I am as a person, you know, like, it's an amazing feeling because I get to connect with them on a different level that I can't connect with anyone because, like, no one really knows what we know like except for us because like we know how strict our parents are we know you know our culture and things like that like we know our accents and all of that and everything in between and so you know being able to you know express my identity as an african-american it's it's an amazing feeling because like i'm not scared to like hide that fact and I am able to, as a writer, I am able to um, amplify that and change people's narratives about like, hey, you know, like we're African Americans, like we're reclaiming our roots and things like that. And it's just, it's just a really good feeling. Like, I don't know what else to say. Like, it's, it's a part of my identity. Pick a specific part of your identity, right? Like, what do you think has made it change the most? Or like, you know, obviously like over time you grow and you change, but like what's the main main contributor to that change? Quarantine. Oh, really? I'm gonna be so for real. Like, (gasps) quarantine, like being so alone with myself and like, Okay, that's one of the things. Obviously, like, I, yeah, I just, I think that in the two years of quarantine, I grew, like, the amount I would in, like, five years. Like, Mm. there was, I went through so Mm -hmm. many disgusting phases. Like, I, oh my gosh, I'm so glad no one saw me. That I was so, I was, like, trying to figure out everything. I went through like all the like pronoun combinations within like 
three years. Like, it's it's crazy. And, uh, like, um, also, like, being uh, chronically online for, like, um, most of COVID, unfortunately. Chronically online. Chronically online has um, uh, both in good ways and bad ways and like um uh contributed to my identity and how i see myself and um and i think also just like the people you are around and mm-hmm. the the experiences that you have like that real that um make you like i i don't remember the moment but the moment that i at the time I was like using they them pronouns Mm -hmm. and I don't remember the exact time or moment that I was like hmm this still isn't right but like it I know that there was like probably a series of smaller moments that led up to me being like okay um, I'm still not done like with this and um oh my gosh, like, even thinking about that time of my life is crazy to me. Like, I have, I feel like I've been so many different people. And honestly, like, it's kind of scary to think about, like, how much I've changed in such a short period of time. Um, And something I was thinking about and writing down is, like, feeling like um, each, I guess, stop along the way um if we're thinking yeah um is like has taught me like so much about myself and the people around me that like even though it you know is not like the best feeling of like trying to not know anything that's what like not know what's going on with your identity Mm -hmm. like it's taught me so much and I really I'm grateful for it um and yeah, COVID uh, really gave, forced me to, like, think about myself on a lot of deeper levels mm-hmm. that I probably wouldn't have done. So, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I concur. Like, COVID, especially during, like, quarantine, like, it really taught me a lot about, you know, my identity. It talked um like, I really, like, learned about things that go well for me and things that I just can't, like, mentally take to my capacity. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like, even, like, being at home, you know, stuck in the house like it just taught me like a lot about like what I can and can't take and yeah Mm -hmm. that's pretty much it (laughs) like your like our boundaries yeah like yeah absolutely um I guess uh what I'm thinking about or like in regards to like my racial identity and ethnic identity I think for me, like the biggest contributor to like that perception changing is just like the people that I surround myself with or like the communities that I am, that I am in. Cause like, um, like when I was young, you know, like I was born in Queens and like there's a large Ecuadorian population over there. Mm-hmm. And literally like where my family, like it was just Ecuadorians. I was like, oh, 
well, I don't remember much since I was like only four before we moved, but I just know, like in my heart, I know that if we had stayed over there, I think my relationship with my cultural and racial identity would have been different than yeah. the one, like being here in Minnesota. Oh my gosh. And then just added on to the fact that like elementary school, middle school, high school, like it was a predominantly white um, area. Not Well, the school that I went to was predominantly white. But then where I lived on Lake Street, where there's like literally lived by Carmel Mall, mm-hmm. like there's a lot of Mexican restaurants and Mexican stores that like I grew up going to. Um, that also impacted or influenced mm-hmm. the way that I thought about myself. But like the two were very different. Um, and then COVID, <laughs> bro. I like my whole life. I I knew I was otherized in this mm-hmm. in this society. I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not white, and I would mainly identify as like through my ethnicity, which is Ecuadorian. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, I feel like over COVID, I like had to think about myself more and like, okay, well, my ethnicity is Ecuadorian, but like, what's my race? Mm-hmm. And then I had like this big, like I was so confused. Um, because a lot of like people from Latin America are, you know, we're a part of the mestizaje or like the, the mixture of like all the different races. So like, I don't know what my history is like and I will never know. Um, but it also feels weird saying that like, oh, I'm mixed because when people hear mixed, they mainly think like, oh, your parent is one race and your other parent is another. But I'm like, no, mine is generations of like, Spaniards and indigenous people, and who who knows what else. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then I don't know TikTok. TikTok, <laughs> TikTok <bro>. got me. <laughs> TikTok got me convinced that I was white passing, um, or that I was white. Um, and then I got to college, <laughs> and then my friends were like, "JC, you are brown. You're like a brown Latinx individual." Sorry. TikTok. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm, guys, I'm being so serious. I'd be like in class and then I'd be like, it's just like everyone, I feel like during COVID, like people were stuck inside and then people found out like, oh, um, Latino isn't a race and they ran with it and we're like. Oh no, they ran with it. They ran with it. And I'm like, yes, you're right. But like, it's not your place to like say that if you're not a part because like people of the community have already been saying that mm-hmm. um but yeah I was like oh I'm pale I know like I'm not I'm not like as dark as other like I have family members who are much darker than I am but so I was like oh well like compared to other people I'm not I'm like closer to whiteness than they are so I'd be like so therefore like I round up to whiteness or I don't I don't fucking <laughs> This is not not. (laughs) like it's it's weird how much like the two years or like that time of like isolation and then just having to like be with myself and then also stuck with the internet Mm -hmm. changed my perceptions of myself the internet ruined me and also is the reason i am who i am at the same time and i literally i I, (laughs) it's it's i'm 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 like no literally But then I got to college, and then I like now all my friends in, at school are Latinx, um, and they're like, JC, you are like the brownest of us all, and they're like, girl, dog, dog, <laughs> dog. 
Yeah. So now I like now I feel like more comfortable in terms of like saying what my race mm -hmm. is and I'm just like my race is my race. Yeah. 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 And like something like something recently that I've like discovered you like you know like in um a lot of like applications like when they have you like fill out your race and then mm -hmm. where it says like you know like um like, like white is like someone from like North Africa or something like that mm -hmm. and I'm just like wait 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 wait, wait. <laughs> and I had to look this up but I was like are North Africans white passing and then like I was like seeing articles about how like you know a lot of like um Arabs are like being treated as like white like people mm -hmm. are saying that they're white mm -hmm. and I'm just like I don't even know but like I mean I feel like that gets it's complicated because like technically like they are caucasian but like even the term itself caucasian has been like it's the caucasus it's the caucasus exactly. region like oh, oh my why. gosh yeah oh, like okay when okay when when specifically when white people and like people who like go to my school like when there was like the collective realization that so let's think about where the word caucasian is from mm -hmm. and even if you look it up, Google will literally tell you Caucasian people are people from the Caucasus region. Like, it, mm -hmm. like, it's not, Caucasian and white are not synonymous with each other. Mm -hmm. And, um, and also, I want to know how people got from the Caucasus to the entirety of the Middle East. <laughs> like, that's what I want to know. How people were like, you know, the whole entire like Middle East, we're gonna go over to the Caucasus and be like Caucasian. Like, oh. how did that happen? <laughs> I don't. How did that, that happen? What, literally, uh -huh. TikTok. K TikTok. TikTok did it. <laughs> TikTok I blame TikTok. Happen. Everything is TikTok's issue. <laughs> it's TikTok's fault. Oh my God. No, because like the word like whiteness, like um, or like Caucasian, right? People think, people have the mistake of equating that with like. What's the term no, like uh, like Western European oh, yeah. that yeah. that look? Yeah. And I'm like whiteness itself, like it's a lot more broader than we think, yeah. or like it used to be defined that way, but now we're like turning into making it more exclusive and like mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, adding on to the like filling out forms thing. Oh my gosh, the anxiety mm. like when there's like the male, female, and then sometimes that's the only options and then yeah. sometimes there'll be an most other. Most times, I feel like when I see documents, most times it is just, yeah. yeah. And there's no like, prefer not to say. Yeah. And one time I was filling a form out in front of my mother and she was looking over my shoulder and I had to fill it out like with her. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh what am I doing right now? Like, this decision will alter the course of my entire life. It did not. Um, but, and so, like, I just, I just clicked female and scrolled on. And, like, and then when, whenever there's, like, the, oh, my gosh, one time I found um, this, like, 
it was the weird, I screenshotted it somewhere, and it was um, girl, boy, um, and then it was literally, it was, they didn't, okay, one, they, didn't, they don't have intersex, which is another thing, mm-hmm. but it was girl, boy, and then, um, like, what was it? It was, um, it was like, it was literally, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting the word. But it was like the word um, that people will use for um, like dogs that they don't know what breed it is. Oh. Like what is the like? Um. Um. Like. Okay, I don't know the term. Like, but the fact that like I'm it's like, a, huh? it's a term used for dog stuff. Like, and like I know it has been used for like mixed people too. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. <gasps> oh. Yeah. And I'm like, does okay, it start wait. with an M? Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. And I think I maybe know what that yeah. is, but I'm not going to say Yeah, it. no. And, um, and I'm like, okay, wait, what? Like, what? What is happening right now? <laughs> it was so strange. And, like, yeah, now, like, on a lot of forums, it'll be, like, non-binary or, like, trans or, like, da-da-da-da. Mm. Yeah? yeah? Oh, no, no. Just you saying, like, this is another thing. Like... Now, like, when I see forms and they have, like, uh, what's your gender, like, girl, boy, and then non-binary, and it's, like, people have created a gender out of non-binary, oh when God. that's literally the whole opposite point yeah. of, like, being non-binary. What it, like, I agree. Yeah, it's wacky, but, like, it's kind of crazy, like, if I could look at all of my Google form submissions and how they have changed, how my, how the like mm-hmm. the gender box has changed over the past three years. Guys, the like, the like, she, her, lesbian, to she, they, lesbian, to they, to, them, to lesbians, bro. to, to, um, uh, to like, they, he, hmm, question mark, question mark, to he, him, to maybe boys, to, and like that, that pipeline yeah. is, it's, Real. It's a slippery slope, you guys. Yeah. When you, like, are in the whole, like, I hate men thing so much that you accidentally, accidentally become one, you guys, it's it's a slippery slope. <laughs> it's a slippery slope. The and pipeline. The pipeline is crazy. It's the only <laughs> pipeline that I support. Like, that pipeline. No, because it's a pipeline crazy. that I, like, I've had to, like, oh. I've thought about. I've gone the whole entire like, thing at least twice. The whole, yeah, literally the she, her, lesbian to, like, Trans mask pipeline. Yeah, literally. No, I have That is a pipeline. Someone, one of my friends posted a picture mm-hmm. and it was like the, it was like a, a Facebook meme. It was like the, the she, her lesbian to trans mask pipeline be like, and then they put a picture of me and I was like, true. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even going to argue. Like, this is so real. This is so true. So yeah. True. But, um, okay. I have to, I have to step out. Yeah. But I don't know what's going to, um, I'm glad we got to like, well, I got to hear about like your guys' experiences with your identity and like, I like, I resonate a lot with like you and like our racial experience, but then I also resonate with you about like the queer experience. Um, And yeah, I wish I could stay longer to chime in more, but. Have to go. Oh no.
Well, everyone, I think we are, we're keeping. You guys can like keep on talking. Yeah, because we, oh. we have it has to be half an hour, right? Yeah. Okay. 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 Let's do this. Yes. Okay. Bye, have fun in college. Okay. See ya. But yeah. Um, to add on to like what you were saying about you know like documentations and things like that, I feel like um, more like applications and like documents that like have you list like your gender or whatnot especially like for people in the lgbt community it should be like more included i forgot the word inclusive elusive either one yeah yeah either one of them yeah they need to be like more like open-minded because you know not everyone identifies as female or male and I feel like the term prefer not to say is kind of offensive if I it's was so a strange. Like yeah. I would prefer to say actually. Yeah, no, like, like I would prefer to explain. Right. That's why I like the like the box where you click it and then you have to write an answer. Yeah, like then let you me get educate to explain. you. Like let me <laughs> let me tell you. Because I would prefer to say. I would indeed prefer to say. Literally. <laughs> like, yeah. It's also, let's go find Sada when you're done. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, there's like, there's always an option to put, put your own answer. Right. And I'm like, you know, it, it's there, sitting on Google Docs or Google Forms. Just click it. It's okay. Literally. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Um, yeah. yeah. But um, I know you guys, you know, we were talking about what contributes to our identity change, and then we kind of shifted to this, mm-hmm. um, but... I'll go. So, you guys already included like a lot of the topics that you know contribute to my identity changing over time. You know, like uh, quarantine. You know, and um, being around you know different sets of people. Mm-hmm. But I will also say my environment, and to add on, social media. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah especially what JC was saying about TikTok and things yeah. like that. So with ones like milieu, which is another term for an environment, um, I know that one's environment can have like an impact as to like how you talk, how you behave, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. It's just the social like norm of it, technically. Mm-hmm. And so, Shoot, I had my, I had my thoughts cleared up, but you know, like I've like stated, you know, like a million times, um, you know, me being me like being like a resident of like the east side, mm-hmm. you know, I've like, I've like seen like a lot of people who look just like me, you know, it's very diverse. I've, I found like a lot of like peace and a lot of people especially like a lot of like African Americans and people like me um and I'm able to like embrace and you know that culture in the black community you know like yeah whereas like if I was like you know in like in a predominantly like in a predominantly raced area you know, where, like, I, I don't see, like, a lot of people like myself. I don't know. There will be, like, a lot of, like, co-switching going on, which I feel like a lot of, you know, BIPOC people, like, we have to do in order to, like, 
be socially accepted Mm -hmm. and I feel like in cases where we're like we have to be professional you know we need to like realize that we should be who we are while also like keeping it you know like classy or whatever like I feel like co-switching I don't know. I don't know why we, we do it. Like, I, I, I understand, but, like, we need society to know that, like, we shouldn't have to, like, adapt to to how we're supposedly supposed to ha- behave, basically. Yeah. There was a, there was a um, radio host that, uh, in a documentary that we watched, like, last summer, um, about how he spent like two years hosting a radio show and he literally it was like something he he immediately would code switch when he walked into his station and like he had to run his radio show and have his little hour and a half and or like 90 minutes or whatever and how like in order to be professional like quote-unquote professional he would feel the need to like um like completely change the tone of his voice, completely cha- change the words he used, completely like, like, like change everything about himself, and it made him dread like coming into work. And then, I don't know, like something, he I guess he realized something or like something switched, and he had a conversation with this other radio host, um, and he was like, no, actually, like me in my blackness as, like as. A black person is professional already and I don't need to change anything about it and then then his then he like then going to his radio show became like one of his favorite things and like I guess realizing him realizing that like his the way he spoke already was professional enough because this is his job and he is a professional radio host yeah. and nothing the way he talks isn't gonna change that like yeah I think it's even I've talked to one of my teachers about how even um, being in class, like teaching, um, she was a sub, teaching a predominantly white school. Yeah. She changed how she spoke so much. And um, it's, even though like her, as a teacher, she's already a professional person, you know, right. like, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and to be quite honest with you, like, especially like being in like high school, I feel like the older you get and like, yeah, like the older you get, like a lot of like teachers and like other people in professional places, like they're going to like slowly but surely like be more colloquial, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. Like I have like a lot of teachers who like aren't even afraid to like cuss in front of us because like, I mean, let's be honest, like we cuss in this generation. Yeah. So it's like, mm. One of my teachers is te- in technically Gen Gen Z, and mm-hmm. um, oh, she literally she says B F F R, but like not like acronym. <laughs> Y'all know, you guys know. Um, and it's so funny, yeah. and like it's literally it makes my day because like she'll be like that's so real, or like <laughs> one time she was like, um, what did what did she say? Someone. You know, I'm forgetting literally everything. 
I'm saying, but you know. Yeah. Anyways, moving yeah. on. I like my teacher. I mean, like, let's be FFR. That's like, that's entirely what youth soup is about, so. True. <laughs> we could have named, I one of the ideas that I was circulating is like, we could just name it BFFR, but I, mm, that would get us into a little bit. Yeah. That, that would get us into some issues, but. Right. No. Youth soup <laughs> is so real. Good. Yeah. We're so real. <laughs> yeah. For real. The realest podcast around. Literally. We have some youth to y'all soup. Literally. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and then my other thing, um, social media. You know, um, especially being in quarantine, like, we've all been in social media a lot. Like, we turn to social media. Mm-hmm. And I feel like right now in, like, recent years, like, there are a lot of like people on social media who are like also like embracing and like amplifying their racial identity as Mm -hmm. well like for me like i i follow like a lot of like you know um like black youtubers and like black like social media influencers who like are like of African descent and for them to like use like their platforms to like amplify that is it just makes me like more com- like comfortable and like confident in like my own skin to kind of like amplify that as well so like whenever like someone asks me oh like are you like you know of African descent I'm like yeah because like 99.9% of the time they are too you know mm-hmm. And I'm able to, like, make connections with people like that because of social media. And, yeah, like, and also, like, when, like, you do, like, a lot of, like, those, like, dance trends on, you know, on TikTok and things Mm -hmm. like that, it's just, like, really, really fun to watch. And, you know, when um, there's this other, oh, yes, and, like, cultural songs too like especially like Afrobeats like a lot of Afrobeats they're being like popular popular popularized on TikTok right now which I mean I really like because you know a lot of people are using them but then again it's like they're kind of like remodifying it Mm -hmm. to their own terms like they're like making like like speed versions of it like mm. I'm not too yeah. sure about that, but overall, I mean, like we're like we're making a comeback in this nation, and mm-hmm. you know we're showing people that there is a good, um, good bright side of you know our roots. So mm-hmm. that's something that I really, really enjoy watching and evolving from over time. Out of out of all the things that I like, hate social media for doing. Mm-hmm. Um, there is some really good things like one um, I something that has helped me so much coming to terms with or not coming to terms just like finding what just fits best for me is this one Instagram account, account called Trans Mask Studies um, and actually my um, individual episode is going to be about that so okay. sneak peek guys Thank you. but um about how learning about like trans mass people in history has made me so like fall in love with be- with being trans and fall in love with like the like all of the history that I don't know has intentionally been kept from people um about 
just trans people existing in history. And I think that that is something that I'm so, so, so grateful for. And also like, even in my, my quote unquote lesbian era, oh, yeah. <laughs> I learned so much about lesbian history. And I, um, I've learned so much about my, the different identities that I've cycled through. And sometimes I do find myself like mourning the identities that I've cycled through, which is something I didn't expect because it's like, oh, once you find the identity, you'll fit, you'll feel like so great. But it also like, there is something so, so intense about mourning identity that you once had and now you don't. Mm -hmm. And we are going to finish up soon. Um, But like, it's kind of like losing a part of yourself. Well, but in order to find a part of yourself that, I don't know, it's just fits a little bit better. Um, But yeah, and I think that um, seeing how like trans mask individuals in history have kind of done that for themselves has helped a lot with me, I guess, um, being comfortable and okay with how much my identities have changed. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And before we wrap up, I have two questions for you. Mm-hmm. So for the listeners out there, and no, I am not using this as a gateway to, for my own benefit, but will you kindly um, share what the term trans mask is? Yes, yes. Um, so trans mask is, I guess, like a shortened term um, that I guess would mean like trans is transgender and then mask is masculine. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a more encompassing I like term like I know some trans men who identify as trans mask too. I know some like non-binary people who identify as trans mask. Like any um, any person who identifies as trans but also masculine presenting, um, I find that to be, I don't know, I, that's something that, that's a term that I'm really comfortable in. Um, so yeah, it's trans masculine, so yeah. And then lastly, do you believe that once someone finds like like curious about like something that they might be identified as and then like they learn about that identity, do you think that they feel like truly like a hundred percent confirmed that that is who they are, or do you think it takes time and development? I think it's definitely like person to person, but I mean I I can confidently say that no, when I found, when I like find little identities or people and I'm like, oh, okay, that might work. It's like, it, you know, messing around with it and just being like, trying it out or like just, just living that for a little bit can like sometimes prove like, "Mm, no, this is not right. Like. And I think the last three years of my life is very, is like a proof of that, that once you find something that feels like it would fit, like, you know, your, your identity is not linear, like it will change. And being, I guess, coming to a point where you are okay and you're okay with that change, even though it's going to be hard sometimes and it's going to be, you know, it's going to suck sometimes, but it's also going to be really amazing sometimes. And I think... So no, <laughs> short answer, no, okay. um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's also, and you know, towards the ending of what you were saying that, yeah, yeah, like your identity will take some time to adapt, mm-hmm. but 
hopefully one will like embrace in their own skin mm-hmm. and will be able to embrace yeah and that that's, that's what i was saying is not just for queer identities it's for whatever identities you might have yeah and um being i guess open to your perception of your identity changing of course. um i think and i guess also centering how you feel instead of how other people perceive your identity is something that is pretty important in learning to you know fully fall in love with all your identities so like be provisional i don't even know what that means but (laughs) yes it sounds really good so yes do that um thank you for tuning in to this episode of youth soup um we will see you next time period period bffr okay (laughs) Learn more about Listen Up Youth Radio, including our peer-to-peer educational workshops in media production and social media marketing services at www.listenupyouth.org. Check out past broadcasts of YouthSoup on a live podcast app now available on iOS and coming soon to Android. This activity was made possible by the voters of Minnesota through a grant from the Metropolitan Regional Arts Council. Thanks to a legislative appropriation from the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.